Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 68. My people are going to say, I've heard this, but they're going to hear it again because faith cometh by. And hearing by. Hallelujah. But several months ago, coming into the year, we encouraged our people. We said, uh, I want you to read the whole book of Psalms. And, you know, you got to break it down because it's more books than a month can handle. So it's about three or four chapters uh, a night. And we began to read. And I told God that as I began to read it, I said, God, I'm not going to do one of these. Just read it to read it. How many of you, how many of you are speed readers? I am not a speed... I went to nursing school, and we couldn't speed read. I mean, you had to go back, you had to highlight, re-highlight, you know, to make sure, you know, because if you, if you didn't really get it, you could give a patient the wrong drug, and then you're going to get it. <laughs> so we had, you know, I couldn't speed read through my nursing books. We had to take it a little bit at a time. So I told God as I began to read Psalm that I wasn't going to speed read, that I was going to read really slow, and if... If I didn't understand something that I would go, go back and reread it again. How many of you have ever read the Bible and it's like you read it and you read the whole chapter and after you read it, you don't have a clue what you just read. I uh, hear yeah, me and three of y'all over here. Honest section over here. So. But I mean, I, I'll do that, you know, just because, you know, you gotta, you're supposed to read the word every day, right? So you read it and then after you read it, you're like, I really don't know what I read. I mean, I remember reading it. I remember a few little words, but I really have no clue because when you speed read, when you just surface read, it doesn't get in you. So I began to read every chapter, and there were some chapters I would read two or three times because it's like ragu. I wanted it in there. And this particular chapter in Scripture jumped out to me, and I want to share it with you today because I saw something in here that I've never seen before. I've, I've never heard anybody preach it, and I said, God, you're you going to have to give me revelation knowledge because uh, I've never heard anybody preach this particular message. doesn't mean they haven't. I just never heard it. In Psalm chapter 68, it says, Let God arise... Let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. Can I stop for just one moment? And I'm beginning, you know, I've lived for God for uh, 30 some years. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I, I'm just now beginning to realize something that I haven't had revelation on in the years past. You know, a lot of, a lot of Christians, they get so smart. And they've grown in the Lord so much they think they know everything. I know y'all not this way, but we have some people at our church like this. And they think they know everything and, and they don't think they have to study the Word as much because they know it all. And the more I live for the Lord, the more I realize I don't know it all, sister. The more I realize I have to learn the more revelation knowledge God opens my eyes to. And I'm thinking, I have read that scripture over and over and over. And all of a sudden, God brings something out of that scripture I've never seen in 35 years of ministry. Can I help you today? We've grown up, and, and, and God, this is true, you know, love everybody. Love your neighbor. 
love you, you know, those that persecute you. You know, and sometimes, I don't know about y'all, I feel like a doormat. That somebody's wiping their feet on, that somebody's spitting on, that somebody, you know, and it's like, love, love, love. Now, we're supposed to. Don't get me wrong. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. But I began to realize maybe over the past year that there are people that are against God. I'm not talking about, you know, Brother Zulu sitting on the other side of the church and he's got something against you because you love God and he loves God, uh, but we just need to get some stuff straight. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about there are wicked people in this earth. There are people that are against God. There are people that, that they just soon to kill you as to look at you. Come on, there's people. We don't experience it as much in the United States, but we're beginning to experience it more. And God is saying here, let them that hate me flee before me. Uh, 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 David Iadapo, anybody know who he is? He, he has the largest church in Lagos, Africa. They have almost, uh, oh Lord, almost a million people every, every weekend come to church. He preaches a message called the Covenant Day of Vengeance. I don't have time to preach it, but you ought to go online and look at it. And, and he, has, he has so much wickedness that comes out against him. He began to teach that if you, if you hate God, you hate me, and if you hate me, you hate God. And there's just some people in your life. It ain't that they don't like you. It's they hate the God in you. They hate what you represent. They hate what you look like because you look like God and you act like God and you talk like God. They hate you because you are a representation of Almighty God. And he said, let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Do you know there's certain sects of religion that if you are a Christian, they will kill you on spot because they hate God. Let's keep going because that's not my revelation. (laughs) That was kind of like, you know, salad. (laughs) As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked people at the presence of God. Oh, come on. When we get finished today, I want you to be so built up in the Word of God that you're going to walk out of here and you can leap through a troop and uh, come on, run through a troop and leap over a wall. Come on, and when you speak, it happens. And when you command, why? Because you're going to realize the God in you. He said, but let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. I mean, you know, by the time, and, and when we're reading all this, I mean, I'm getting happy. Let the enemies be scattered. Come on, let God arise. I'm just getting all excited and I'm reading uh, in my morning devotions and it says singing to God, sing praise. I mean, I, I love to sing. Oh my God, just like this. This praise team up here today, praise, uh, praise, praise the Lord, extol him that rideth in the heavens by his name, Yahoo. So I had to read it again. Sing.
Sing unto God, sing praises to His name. Extol Him that rideth upon the heavens. I'm all excited by His name. Yeah. And I'm like, that is awesome. I mean, that's awesome. Who's Yah? This is just how I study. I'm like, Yahoo. I mean, really. (laughs) Yahoo. Not Yahoo, but Yahoo. So I say, God, I don't understand. I I, I mean, I know Jehovah Sikkanu. I know Jehovah Jireh. I know El Shaddai. I I mean, I I know all the Jehovah's. El El Yon. I I know Jehovah Rophe. But who is Yah? I never heard Yah. And he said, well, Sharon, why don't you study it? And you'll find out who Yahoo is. I should have named this message Yahoo. Put that on the CD, Yahoo. And so I said, okay, God, so... Come on, I don't know about you, but I have one of those dictionaries on my iPad. And, and I begin, you know, uh, go up there and search, uh, J-A-H, uh, what does that mean, what does that mean? And, and I found out the definition, and here's what it means. The Lord most vehement. Wow! Wow! The Lord most vehement. The only problem is, I wasn't quite sure what vehement mean. It sounded good. Just like you, you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, I think I know, unless you know you, you're one of those doctors that have three D's behind your name and you know everything, right? God, what is, what, what exactly, you know, it sounds good. What does it mean? So I go to my handy dandy Webster. Come on, because I got Webster on the iPad too. So I go to Webster. And this is what it said. Oh, this is so good. Acting with great force. Come on. How many songs did you sing today that have mighty God in it? The, another definition is mighty, fervent, and passionate. And I said, okay, God. He is Jehovah Yah. He is a God with great force. He's a God that's mighty. He's a God that's Fervent. He's a God that's passionate. And I begin to rejoice because I serve such an awesome God, a, a God of a God of power, a fervent God, not a Kesarasara God. Come on, but a fervent God. That's right. That's right. But see, we grew up, maybe see if you grew up this way. We grew up with, with Jesus sitting on the rock looking. Jesus knocking at the door. Y'all seen those? those? <laughs> or Jesus sitting so lovingly with the children. And we do, we, we have a loving Jesus. We have a loving God. Please don't misunderstand my message. He is. I mean, he's out with the shepherd's staff in the field looking over the sea. We have an awesome, loving God. But I began to realize we don't just have a loving God. We have a warring God. We have a God that's mighty, a God that's fervent, a God that's passionate. 
He's not on the backside of a desert somewhere, but he's a God of war. He's a God of war. He's passionate about his work. He's passionate about this church. Are you hearing me today? If the devil didn't think you were such a threat, he wouldn't be fighting you so hard. Can I tell you what's going on in the body of Christ today? Can I, and, and I bet it's going on here. I hadn't talked to you pastors enough to know, but I just bet it's going on here. But I'm telling you, the past two years, we have done nothing but fight the forces of darkness over our church. And I mean, you know when it started? When we purchased 31 acres of land. We decided that uh, our building, as such as it was, it's an older building, and the people who built our building, can I just, can I just talk for a minute? The people built it. It was that long ago that they didn't have to have the building code people come in. I mean, the light switches are crooked. A ain't no door jams exactly. You can't buy a door from Lowe's that'll fit our door jams because ain't none of them center. They had one room when we got there. Now, now we fixed it, thank you, Jesus. They had one room, what they had done is they took about 10,000 pieces of carpet and glued them all together and made carpet for the room. That was a, that was a coat of mini car carpets, amen. When we first got there, please forgive my terminology, but when we first got there, the carpet was puke yellow. Y'all know what puke yellow is, don't you? And it had a basketball court engraved into the carpet and they had orange, I mean orange chairs. That color orange. Puke yellow, orange chairs, the, and everything was real dark in the church. And my husband saw it and he was like, "Woo! that's the best thing since sliced bread. And we all walked in and went, oh dear God. Help us, Jesus. You know, a pastor could see what, see, can I help you today? Pastor will always be able to see what you can't see. Pastor always knows where you go. He sees the end result. You look at right now, you look at what's going on, you look in the here and today, but pastor knows where you're going. He can see it when you can't see it. Talking to somebody today. So we've been in this building. I mean, we, of course, we changed the carpets and, and we got fluffy blue chairs. And I mean, you know, we've done, you know, uh, uh, you can't make an old barn look but so good. But we've done our best. And Pastor and I, in prayer, you know, we always knew we're going we're gonna to go towards that way, go towards that way. And, and so we got this realtor looking for us and um, we found an astronomical deal on some land right on the highway. I, I mean, just, you know, God just fell it right into place and the woman owner financed it. I mean, just, you know, just God, right? But I'm telling you, the day we signed the contract, all hell broke loose. All hell, not some hell. You know the little foxes that spoil the vine? It won't them. 
These were the, you know, there's four levels of devils, principalities, low-level devils, powers, rulers of the darkness, and spiritual, uh-huh, it was that one. All hell. And I'm telling you, it, it was just like, bam, bam, bam. And I, I feel to te- give you this testimony because I feel like it'll encourage you. But, but the man who was our uh, associate pastor, Never given us a minute's problem. Never given us three breaths of a problem. All of a sudden in a meeting one day, came out against Pastor Bill. So bad. He, he was in a pastoral meeting. So bad that Pastor Bill come out of the meeting and got all the staff together and got us all together and, and, and said, he said, y'all all feel this way. I want to know. And he, for, for two hours, bam, blasting, saying all manner of evil against my husband. And the whole staff is sitting there going, huh? What? So immediately we lost our associate pastor. And guess what? His wife was the praise and worship leader. So when we lost him, we lost her. So then about two months later, uh, uh, the girl who runs our ministry, uh, she needed to go get a job making more money, so she left. And I mean, can I just tell you, and it just one by one, one by one, one by one, while we just sit and say, okay. After, after uh, about six, seven months passed, Pastor Bill's mother all of a sudden got sick and within one month went home to be with the Lord. Within three months, his daddy gave up his will to live and went home and, and went with the Lord. And in the middle of all this, the other guy who was over our whole outreach ministry and you know, you, you kind of sit back and say, what you doing to us, God? I mean, anybody ever had that? I, I know y'all so spiritual, y'all. I mean, come on. God, what, show me what you're trying to show me. Come on, when, when, can, this, when can this end? When can this? And I, I, in the midst of, of all that, I can tell you 10 more things that happened that just, I mean, like every month it was just like, what? What? Hey! And I began to look and I began to see mature Christians, quote unquote, mature Christians who decided they didn't need to go to church anymore. Mature Christians who who decided, you know, they wanted to dabble in sin a little bit more. You know, proclaim to everybody that they was all that, but run amok. I I know y'all hadn't faced anything like that, but God, what you doing to us here? God, what you doing to us here? Help me, God. You know, because you go between that demonic attack and are you teaching me something, God? Are you, you know, what's going on over here? God, show me. Show me, God. Can I tell you? Just keep doing the Word. 
The Bible says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Come on, every time something happens, you know what I do, Ms. Edith? Lord, I just want to thank you. I don't always understand everything that's happening, and I'm sad. Come on, we had, we had one of our 20-year members leave our church about three months ago. Tried to get a meeting with her, tried to talk to her, tried to... What, why, why, why? She wouldn't call me back. I want some of our leaders call her. She, she didn't want to talk. So I said, you know what, God, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to praise you. So the other day, one of our member's sons died, and we went to the house. And lo and behold, there she sat. I said, God's timing is perfect. So we just loved on everybody, sat there and talked. And we got ready to leave, and we was hugging everybody. And, and I went, and I hugged her, and I grabbed her hand, and I just pulled her on outside with me. <laughs> just, come on, we're going to have a mama talk. What's going on? She just broke down and cried. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just keep doing the Word. You just keep loving. You just keep... Praying? Come on, I know that sounds so simplistic, church, to you today, but you just keep doing the Word. You know, we want some great revelation. We want some great nugget. And God will give you great nuggets and great revelation. But when the rubber meets the road, I don't care how high you shout. I don't care how loud you hallelujah. You just keep being a doer of the Word. You just keep doing the Word. Day and night and day and night. And I don't care what nobody says about you. I don't care what devil comes against you. Just keep being. But on the other hand, you can't keep doing people wrong. You can't keep, come on, honor. Come on, honor your mother and father. Can I help you? In about three weeks, you're going to be honoring the man and woman of this house. It don't mean just your natural mama and daddy, but honor your spiritual mother and father in the Lord, and your days will be long upon this earth. Your days. Pastor and I were talking about that this morning. I said, you know, honey, I think a lot of people, they die young, they're killed, or, or something tragic happens, and, and everybody stands around, oh, they were a good man, I don't understand, I don't, and this is what you get. I don't know why God killed them. First of all, they don't have a revelation of the Word. But they get this, oh, I don't understand. They were such a good person. They loved their wife. They loved their children. Everybody loved working with them. Well, see, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, how they cursing their mama. How they, 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 won't, they won't give their mom and daddy a time of day. They won't show honor and respect. And God said, if you love them and honor them your days, I don't agree with everything my mama does. Sometimes I don't like a lot of stuff she does. But you know what I do, brother? I just keep my mouth shut. I won't stir conflict with her. I don't care if she tries to stir conflict with me, I won't stir conflict with her. Because guess what? I don't want to get killed in some car accident and everybody staring at I don't know. I don't know, God. <laughs> no. Wow. That's the word. Now let's get back to our message. Amen.
little sidetrack, a little sidetrack. I know where I got off at. God's passionate about his work. Uh, Psalm 18:34. Look real quick. Just a few scriptures over. Psalm 18. I love the word, don't you? Sometimes people say you use too much scripture. I just don't think you can ever use too much scripture. Psalm 18, verse 34. He teacheth my hands to war. What are you doing with your hands today? What are you doing with your hands today? Do you praise Him with your hands? Do you clap unto the Lord, all ye people, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph? What are your hands out doing? The Bible said everything you touch will turn to gold. Everything you touch will prosper. What are you doing with your hands? He teacheth my hands to war. What is it with the hands? Who are you laying hands on? What sick are you getting recovered? Who are you touching because the anointing lies in the hands? See, when, when I begin to pray for people, and I know we mixed it up today, I'm going to pray for you at the end, but when I begin to pray for people, a lot of times the people that are in the altar helping me, they'll go to touch my arm and my hands and I'll back it away. Why? Because when the anointing's in my hands, it's transferable. Is the anointing in your hands today? He teaches your hands to war. What are you doing with your hands? I remember one day, I, I wasn't a real mature Christian. We hadn't even started the church. And I, I, was, I was a director of nursing at this facility. And, and uh, one of my nurses, uh, I walked up behind her and I put my hands on her shoulder just to kind of like massage just for a minute. And I, I, I like to go around greeting everybody. I said, hey, Harry, how are you doing this morning? She said, I've got a terrible headache. She said, almost like a migraine. And all I said was, oh, Jesus. He'll harry it today. And I walked off. My office was probably as far as from here to your back door and then to the end of the building. So I, I did that to Harriet and I walked and I was going towards my office. I heard my phone ringing. I ran in there and picked it up. And she said, Miss Motley. I said, what? She said, my headache's gone. He teaches. I, I wasn't some spiritual giant. I wasn't pastoring a church. I was just an RN doing a director of nursing uh, a feat of going around. And all I said is, Jesus, heal Harriet's headache. Can I, when you're trying so hard, God ain't doing nothing. Why? Because you're trying so hard. But when you say, you know what? God take it. God heal Harriet. He teacheth my hands. Now look over in Psalm 120. 120. He teacheth my hands. War. I love this one. Psalm 120. You don't mind being taught today, do you? I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. When I speak, they are for war. Can I ask you today, what are you speaking today? What's coming out of your mouth today? What are the words? What if you knew so much that the God of war that lives on the inside of you rises up mighty, passionate, and fervent so much that every time you speak a thing, God moves. Every time you command money in your pocketbook, it comes. 
Every time you command your body to line up, it has to line up. Oh, come on. You want to get real natural? You got flies flying all around your head and they won't leave you alone. You speak and they die. Are you hearing me today? When you know the God of war that lives on the inside of you. A God called Jehovah Yah. A fervent God, a passionate God. That no matter what I say, it has to happen. Can I help you today? You can get to the place. Uh, can I give you an example? I really encourage you to watch David Yadapo. He was talking on, on this particular CD and he said, there, you know, we here in America, we make light of demonic forces. Bewitched. Um... Oh gosh, there's some out there even right now. You know what I'm talking about. Crossing over type. We just kind of make light of all that. But see, in Africa, they, they don't. Anybody ever been to Africa? You ever? few of you. Uh, just trust me, I've been about five or six times. They, they don't make light of it like we do. And he says that what will happen is they will have witches that fly through the air. Now, doesn't that sound like bewitched to you? We make light of it. But they have witches that will fly through the air. And as they are praying, come on, I'm talking to you about you make your words to war. As they are praying and commanding in the heavenlies and decreeing and declaring a thing in their huge sanctuary and the, and the prayers are going up. See, prayer is just your vocal words to the word. That's all prayer is. And as they are praying, witches will fly by. And when a witch hits the barrier of their words, the witch will fall. He said, they've had services where witches would fall down in their service. Flat on the floor. Why? Because of the words that they spoke. I would to God, that when you're having problems on your job, that you would stop complaining about it and you would start using your words. I command you in the name of Jesus. If you don't leave me alone, you're going to lose your job. That, come on, I'm talking in the spirit realm. If you don't, because I, did you understand when I first read, when I said, if you're against God, you're against me. And if you're against me, you're against God. So in the name of Jesus, I'll love you with the love of the Lord enough that I'll turn you over for the destruction of your flesh that your soul will be saved in the day of the Lord. When will we become vehement on the inside of us knowing that the God of war on the inside of us wants to decree and demand a thing? That if you come out against me, you better beware. I've seen people on Facebook who come out against me lose everything they have. Why? Not because that was my desire, but because I know the Jehovah Yah that lives on the inside of me. And if you're against me, you're against God. And that person on that job that's giving you that problem, you know what? I'm going to warn you. You better leave me alone because I serve the Most High God. Can I give you an example? I got a friend in our church. 
And she has a colleague that has come out against her. And this colleague has come out against her so much that in his complaining and in his verbal abuse um, has almost caused her to lose her license, her job. And I mean, he's, she's, I mean, she would call me and she'd say, I don't know why he's so against me. I've done nothing to him. But he, 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 he speaks to uh, other people about me. I just, I, you know, even, even the, the people in the office knew it so much that when he would come down the hallway, they would tell her, just go in your office and shut the door. But she kept walking in the love of God and in the power of God, knowing who she is in God knowing that a God most vehement lives on the inside of her. And let me tell you, this, this man, if he's not an atheist, he's an agnostic. You know what that means? He might believe there is a God, but he don't think you should serve him. So he's been very adamant about the things of God. I said, don't be moved. Don't talk against him. Don't say nothing to him. Just walk away when he comes in your presence and just keep praying for him. Now, I don't rejoice in this, but I'm just telling you, as children of God, we've got to raise up to our rightful place. About two months ago, out of nowhere, no pain, no nothing, got sick just like that, and right now has been diagnosed with terminal cancer. I was talking to her about it the other day. She said ever since he got diagnosed, and he had to, he had to uh, retire, he comes in the office and he comes up and gives her a bear hug and says, pray for me. I said, you know what? I said, he came out against God. And I said, you know what? The Bible says, turn him over to his flesh that his soul will be saved. You know what? I, I, and I'm, God didn't do that to him. He opened the door and he did it to himself. But you know what? We have to take our rightful position. And it's not a position of anger. It's a rightful position in God. You can't mess with me. Because when you mess with me, you mess with God. For some reason, people at Walmart love me. You know, you got to love Walmart, right? It's the only place you can go, get your nails done, get your hair done, get your banking done, get you some clothes, get you some get your groceries. It's all in one. But I used to go in Walmart and people would say, pray for me, and I'd be like, okay, okay, what's your name? Let me put it on the list. I'll, I'll pray for you. One day God said to me, so what's you doing? Praying for him, God. He said, you know when you're going to get home, you're going to forget. Y'all look at me like y'all so, I never forget, I, I never forget. You know you do. You know, five people at the, at the Harris Tea to tell you to pray. You know, you get home, you don't forget who told you to pray. He said, you know you're going to forget. I said, I know it, God. I, I got to write that down. I got to do He said, no. He said, if they bold enough to ask you to pray, then pray. All right? So... I got to where you come up Walmart and you say, Pastor Sharon, uh, I, I'm going to have surgery on Friday. Now, I just want y'all to pray for me. We're going to pray right now. 
It's going to do one or two things. You ain't never going to ask me again. <laughs> oh, we're going to pray and God's going to move. I mean, the other day, Pastor Bill, we, we was in the middle of nowhere and somebody recognized us and, and uh, he said, I want y'all to pray for me. I mean, and Pastor Bill ain't no silent prayer, right? You know, at least I kind of keep my voice down in a, a minimum. He's like, Heavenly Father! <laughs> on all three, somebody... <laughs> clean up on all three. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Do you know that what's in you is what other people need? Do you know that God in you is what other people are hungry for? And you, come on, you don't have to be perfect. You're the perfect one to pray. It's those of you that aren't perfect. Why? Because you could say, you know what, honey, baby child, I know I ain't perfect, but God still answers my prayer. And if he'll answer my prayer and I ain't perfect, I know he'll answer your prayer. Come on, you was a mess yesterday, but God will use you today. Pray anyway. Speak it anyway. Go anyway. God ain't looking for us to be a line. Come on, to be able to pray. He just says, in your mess, pray. Show people that God will accept you just like you are. Just like you are. I'm concerned about the body of Christ today. I've been teaching on Wednesday night. I'm concerned we're not teaching people how to be disciples. We're not teaching people how to grow. Come on, when you know who lives in you, it'll explode over everybody else around you. If you're around me, you're going to know there's a God. I had to go to a meeting the other day, and, and the girl holding the meeting, and there was, I mean, all kind of people there, heathens, and just all kind of people there. And, and I was sitting there, and the girl got up and said, uh, we're getting ready to eat, and I didn't ask her, but I'm going to ask Pastor Sharon to pray. I thought, oh boy. <laughs> so I got up, and I turned around, and I said, God is good. And you know what they said? So I said it again. I said, God is good. And they said, God is good. Hallelujah. We're going to get something out of you, Presbyterian, one way or the other. God is good. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's Jehovah Yah in me. It is a power of salvation to everybody who believes. Everybody. It is my job. It is my responsibility. It is my life to tell everybody I know about Jesus. And I don't have to cram Jesus down people's throats. Do you know what most people need? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Sometimes all people need is a word. God just sent me to tell you he loves you. You know how many people I've walked up into Walmart and say, I know I don't know you, and I know you don't know me, but God sent me over here to tell you he loves you. And they would sit there and just start crying. And I'd say, can I pray with you? Honey, if we don't get them saved, who's going to? We, we've got to, there's so much Christian, they ain't watching Christian TV. They, half of them don't even know who T.D. Jakes is. Come on, Creflo Dolly, you just, they'd have no clue if we don't tell them who's going to tell them. And that God on the inside of you, he makes your words to speak war. My words 
are words of war. What does that mean? Everything I say shall come to pass. Everything I decree. That's why it's so important, the, the songs you sing. You know, you ever, you ever went to a church? Come on, Here, here's, here's our phenomenon. We're a word of faith church, right? You ever sing? I love you. Our people, right? We go to a funeral, and the choir gets up, and they start singing an old song, like uh, something about Take Me Up the Mountain or something. What's that song? Oh, Thank you, Ms. Edith. I'm sitting in the, in the choir, you know, it's some whatever church, and, and our people get up and... You go to a word of faith, church. Just thought I'd remind you. Why? Because every word that comes out of your mouth. There ain't no rough side of no mountain. The Bible said if you speak to the mountain, it be removed. What are you even dealing with the mountain about? Your words are words of war. Are you hearing me today? Don't cut me off. Your words are words of war. Either you believe the Bible or you don't believe the Bible. In some of our greatest uh, uh, fear-filled, unworded things we do are the songs we sing. I'm talking to you. We, we used to sing, I mean, it's, a, uh, it's an old white song. Walk around me, Jesus. What? What? I mean, I walk around me, Jesus. What? What? What do you mean, walk around me, Jesus? He ain't walking around me. He lives in me. He don't need to walk around me. He lives in me. I didn't go on to meddling now. My words, come on, so every word you speak is a word of war. Every word I speak, there's an angel that I release that goes and does my command. So if I say, I feel like I'm going to die, I have an angel that goes and begins to prepare my death. If I say, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm so tired, I'm so tired, I'm, there's an angel that's released to go to make sure that I'm tired all the time. I'm talking to somebody today. Come on, and you are, I ain't got enough money. I ain't got enough money at the end of the month. I got, you know, I got more month than money. I got, and there's an angel that's released to make sure that your tire goes flat, that your refrigerator goes bad and ruins all your food. Come on, because of the words that are coming out of your mouth. I'm here to challenge you today. I know my message was on Jehovah Yah, but the bulk of what I want you to get today is the words. Come on, the God of war that's in you will speak words of war. And you're either speaking words of life or you're speaking words of death. You're speaking words of healing or you're speaking words of sickness. You're speaking words of wealth or you're speaking words of, of financial lack. What word of war are you speaking today? What are you speaking over this church? What are you speaking over your pastors? What are you speaking? Because whatever you speak is what you'll have. Life and death are in the power of the words. And guess what? Just in case you didn't know which one to pick, he said, choose life. He said, your words are stout against me. So if my words, whether it's in song or whether I'm listening to somebody on TV, come on, what words am I allowing 
to enter into my ear gates, to drop into my spirit man that will come back up out of my mouth, my words. If you're single today and you want to be married, stop saying you're ugly. Stop saying you ain't ever going to get you a man. Stop saying you don't know what's wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with you. The Bible says he's looking for you right now. And the problem is, is your words have been stout against God. God, I want to thank you. I have a man on the way. You know what I did when I was 16 years old and I found out about the words of my life? I got me a piece of paper, sister. And I wrote down, I want a man like with blonde hair. I want a man with blue eyes. I want, come on, I was so specific. I said, I want a man that drives a nice car. I want a man with a college education. I want a man that loves me. But most of all, I want a man that loves God. I don't care if he ain't got the rest. I, he's got to love God. But this is what I want. I mean, I, I, went, I got, made me a long sheet worth. And you know what God gave me? Blonde hair, blue-eyed man driving a 280Z. But before anything else, he loved God. And he let me know before we got married, he said, I'm going to tell you right now, I'll love you, I'll treat you good, but I'm going to love God more. Your words. What are your words? What's coming out your mouth? Because when I speak my words, my words... Are for war. I'm just going to quote some scripture real quick. First Samuel 17, 47 says, The battle is the Lord's, but he gave it into your hands. My hands are for war. Matthew eleven twelve says, The kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, but the violent take it by force. With your words. With your words. Come on, I do want you to look at this one last scripture. Psalm 149, and we're going to close. Musicians, come. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 149. I love this. Verse 6. Let the high praises. That word high praises means battle cry. Sounds like war to me. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Sounds like the God of war in my mouth. And a two-edged sword in my hand. Come on, the word of Almighty God. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments unto the people. To bind their kings with their chains and their nobles with fetters of men. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. Praise you. We used to sing a song with the high praises of God in my mouth and a two-edged sword in my hand. Come on. What's in your hand and what's in your mouth? Revelation says that the sword comes out of his mouth. The sword. What's coming out of your mouth today? Let the high praises of God.